Two things are about to happen. One of these things you will see, and the other thing we will see. We get to see you transform into something else. I don't understand. We'll explain it to you, it's Cord Killers! Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, man, I'm Brian Brushwood. And more importantly, that looked like a magic special on freaking Hulu. That's right. That is uh, the upcoming Hulu special, Derek Delgadio's In and of Itself. It's a recording of his long-running off-Broadway stage show. It mixes magic and some autobiography, memoir kind of stuff, and some meditation. That's coming to Hulu this week, January 22nd. Dude, I've heard nothing but good things from, looks from magicians about this show. Uh, in fact, I would love to do like a long-form interview, actually get him on Scam Nation show. Ooh. Everybody hit him up on Twitter. I'm sure you can find his Twitter. Twitter, tell him he should be on Scam Nation show. At Scam Nation yeah, show. Yeah, do it. All right, folks, it's just us, just us, you, me, Brian, and Bryce today. And so the truth. Right to the primary time. Four of us. It's four. Oh, right, also that. And justice. Uh, and the American way. Netflix really wants you to think of itself as the place for hot new original exclusive to Netflix movies, uh, not the place for movies that are after the 90 day window. So Netflix released a star studded trailer. I'm not even joking. Uh, this is filled with big, big names showing off its slate of movie releases for 2021, 70 titles. Uh, keep in mind, that's more than Disney and Warner Brothers have set to release this year combined. That's an average of more than one new movie a week. They include directorial debuts by Lin-Manuel Miranda and Halle Berry. Uh, Netflix may yet acquire some other films throughout the year, so it's going to get bigger. Uh, but but from the romantic comedies to uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, action flick uh, to a movie that's going to star The Rock, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds together, like these are huge. All right, so let me let me share a story to see if it hit you the same way it hits me um uh back before the internet when you had to build a presence by showing at live showcases i would i would do these uh local conventions to you know perform 20 minutes of your act and then you would either get booked or not booked for various colleges um uh that was a fine way to make a living and then i worked a major corporate event uh for the iheart music festival which if you looked at the lineup it was two days it was like 40 acts like like each one of them should draw a stadium. Each one came out and did 10 to 25 minutes each. And all of a sudden it felt like, wait a minute, this is all owned by clear channel. None of these people are having a good time. They're all coming and bending the knee to show the might of this one monolithic radio power. And it felt kind of creepy suddenly. And watching this Netflix, uh, this Netflix roundup had so much star power that it felt like it almost should be an internal memo, an internal video to, you know, for General Electric or, or, or whatever major sponsors or whatever. Like, I am certain that The Rock wants to be thought of as being The Rock, not being the guy who's there to clasp his hands and say how thankful he is for the opportunity to make this movie for you. Uh, so basically what I'm saying is this video kind of, uh, uh, I recognized it as having the structure of, of many internal corporate videos I've seen where people bend the knee, but 
Netflix is in the weird position where the knee you bend to are the home audience. So they're bending the knee directly to you, which is why it's so confusing the emotions that it triggered within me. Yeah, where I was coming from with this was, this is Netflix signaling its next move, right? The, the original move was DVD rentals and the next move was streaming. And then streaming started to take off. And then the next move was originals. And then originals have now taken off. And the next move is blockbuster movies. We are a movie company. And there's lots of parts they need to address there, which is uh, our movies are quality. Uh, the, we, we have big name stars, big name directors. Uh, our movies are diverse. Uh, we're going to have lots of different perspectives uh, from lots of different types of people. Our movies are varied. Uh, so different than diverse, as far as the people making them varied means we're going to have action flicks and we're going to have art films and we're going to have romantic comedies and, and you know, what, a, whatever your taste is, we're going to have a movie for you. And, and really the other thing is, and constant, you are not going to have to wait around. And that was one of the big things that I thought was a nice undercurrent here was like, you're going to get a movie every week. None of this like, well, it's in the theaters. Do I want to go? I guess I can wait the 90 days. When is it? Who is it on? It's on Netflix. And when it's out, it's out. And you always watch it on Netflix. So taking all of that, what I was thinking, and then adding it to yours, which I think is brilliant, of Netflix saying, hey, and you know, uh, we don't have sponsors. We have you, the people who pay for the service. Uh, I think that that is what this is. Is It's a mar it's not just a marketing a video as far as like, hey, this is what to watch on Netflix. Like you get that on HBO, like coming this month on HBO, we got this big movie and this big series coming back. This is a, almost like a plea of like, think of us as a quality movie studio. Yeah, it, it feels like a bit of a branding course correction because for its first decade and change, Netflix defined the very act of binging any kind of back catalog entertainment, any kind of, uh, you know, you just have it on, don't really low stakes, Let's just watch it. And now I'm not going to say it's biting them in the butt. They're still number one. But in a world where HBO Max is getting, you know, headlines worldwide for day and date releases, it seems like a course correction is appropriate for them to remind people, no, 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 no. Every single week, we are a heartbeat. We are your Friday night movie that you're going to watch again and again and again and just look at all these stars you don't have to remember their names but you recognize their faces you trust them for for x y and z yeah it's stars it's shots you know these these are shots of high quality high budget movies the, these don't look like you know straight to what would have been straight to dvd in the past uh and, and i think you're right course correction you know, to folks in the audience, I don't think necessarily needs to mean a bad thing. Course correction doesn't have to imply they made a mistake because going from emphasizing DVDs by mail to emphasizing streaming was a course correction that I think Netflix did and rightly did and did early. Uh, you can argue whether this is early or not because uh, it's a whole different situation, but this is a this is definitely a shift. This is Netflix saying, we are a movie studio. We want you to keep thinking of us as a place to watch TV shows, of course, but also uh, we make high quality movies. And that is the barrier that they have to, to bring down is, oh, if it's on Netflix, it's not as good, right? Or, Real or movies go to the be, theaters. Uh, the kind of thing that, um, in a weird way, they've sort of trained people 
to expect to sit down, consume a whole bunch of Netflix and then cancel it and then start it up again at some indeterminate point in the future. In this case, it's like, no, 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 heartbeat every mm. single week, 70 titles. You're going to love them, at least a few but of don't them. But you, don't you think there's also a perception of like, sure, it's got Chris Hemsworth, but uh, he probably couldn't get this movie made at a real studio. Yeah, That's why he and, did and it at Netflix. I, in that regard, I did think it was a bit weird that they spent like, of the, I think, three minutes of real estate, they spent like 30 seconds of it having these actors thank them for the opportunity to direct. And I'm just like, hey man, even as your boss, the consumer here at Netflix, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear you're thankful that you got a playground to waddle around in. I don't know. Well, that felt like a subtweet of like, you know, the big movie studios, they wouldn't give folks like us a chance to direct, but well, Netflix yeah, sure yeah. did. <laughs> Which again, um, from where I'm sitting, maybe not a ringing endorsement, you know, but is, is there maybe a reason or I don't know. Well, the, the reason is, you know, uh, Hollywood's so white, right? And thank goodness for Netflix. They're, they're helping to break down those barriers and, and they didn't hit it over the head too hard. Uh, you know, they could have uh, put it this way. They could have hit it harder. Uh, but I, I, I'm very interested that it, it came off as begging to you. Cause now that you say that I'm like, yeah, you could definitely see it that way as well. Well, if not, certainly not begging, but definitely self-deprecating sort of a, a, a thank you. Like this, this whole trailer just came off a little bit more clasped hands. Thank you. than I think I, the, I, I was going to argue with you on the clasp pads and then Bryce showed all three, Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds, and standing <laughs> with literally clasped hands. And I was like, oh, yeah, all right, no, no, definitely there got it. it. Is. <laughs> but we don't, oh. we, we don't think this way about like, uh, you know, overall deals or talent deals, right? Like we, like the Shonda Rhimes deal that Netflix got. It's not like we're like, that's correct. What? They, I mean, she was on ABC. That's the big one of the the the. the <laughs> that's one of the bigger ones. Like that, she could have had her choice anywhere. The answer is they had the most money for her. Well, and because these videos traditionally are circulated internally and so like like they've or, been or around. at a uh, at an upfront kind of situation right, right which again netflix doesn't need to do it upfront because they don't take ads and i'm not saying good or bad i'm just saying like uh, unusual uh, uh, something i have not unusual. been accustomed to it's and i'm so thankful we love it to all of our patrons who've gone to <laughs> patreon.com slash cord killers thank you that's where you keep us loud live and independent <laughs> 50 plus episodes per year in addition <laughs> to spoiler in time after talk your own rss feed you are empowering us and i'm so excited because i never could have made it as a podcaster if it weren't for you. Thank you for giving me the chance to produce a podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And we will be doing almost a podcast a week. Can you <laughs> imagine? Claspedhands.org slash info. Come on. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash killers. All kidding aside, give us a dollar. Thank you. Let's talk about how to watch. Uh, you, know, you know me, Brian. Every I once do. in a while... Uh, a series of headlines gets under my skin, gets under my collar, gets me, gets me. I, I'm not going to lie. This is, this is, uh, uh, not something we set up. I, I had to puzzle through why this was here and what was the, the, the Tom emotional subtext of it. <laughs> so, so you bring us in and, and we'll talk it out. So listen, I get 
hating AT&T. I really do. I've had my run-ins with AT&T. And I get that probably every headline writer and tech journalist out there has also had a run-in with AT&T. I get that AT&T TV and AT&T TV now has been kind of a crazy uh, mixed up uh, branding effort. But the headlines that say AT&T killing off AT&T TV now uh, were misleading to be charitable. Here's what AT&T is actually doing. And I think it actually makes a lot of sense and is a smart move for AT&T. Because when I first saw the headlines, I thought, here we go again. I've been using AT&T TV now. And just like PlayStation TV, they're going to kill it out from under me. They're not. It's not going away at all. Uh, AT&T announced it will merge its AT&T TV now streaming service into its existing AT&T TV service and AT&T Uverse TV will also merge into that. So whether you want the one that gets you an Android set-top box or the one that comes with your fiber or the one that you just buy on the internet without having any of that stuff, it's all going to be the same product now. And I think that's very, very smart. Uh, and maybe they should have done it before, but this is the right thing. After the merger of the services, customers will no longer be required to use AT&T's Android streaming box. It'll still be offered if you want it. The new combined service will have no required contracts and packages on the new combined service will start at $70 a month. Uh, so it's not going to be cheap, but it wasn't cheap already. Uh, and it's also going to be one product. If you're like, hey, how do I get streaming TV from AT&T? Now you know, uh, it's just the one thing, AT&T TV. That's it. So there's two threads we could follow here. One is, uh, yes, uh, essentially you could restate this headline as uh, AT&T says the boxes are dumb. You don't need a box. Like that's, we'll give it to you direct. Um, the other thread is where we do a victory lap about how uh, I think at various moments we had essentially uh, postulated that uh, all of this is just to buy time. All of these forcing you to take, you know, a, a plain old telephone service or cable boxes or throwing in stuff for free on top of the internet. They knew all of this is coming. We're finally seeing all of that come home to roost where it's just like, yeah, we're finally getting to the part where you all knew it was coming. As long as we get 70, 80, 90, 100 bucks from you per month, we're happy, shareholders happy, you get your movies or whatever. Now we don't have to pretend like we need to send a service tech in a uniform every so often. Right. And and I think probably what's really going on is they needed to take time to merge the systems. Remember, AT&T TV Now was DirecTV Now, which was started under the DirecTV system, which AT&T bought, but wasn't integrated into the rest of AT&T's systems. And I think AT&T TV was an actual streaming service, but they gave it to the folks who ran cable. And the folks who ran cable were like, well, if we've got now over there going for the people online, we'll go for the people comfortable with getting a box because that's what they're used to. And that's why they had the Android TV box thing. And then Uverse was just like, hey, you've, you've got fiber. Let's just bundle it in. And it's a really old product. So I, I honestly think now that the reason they had this crazy, you know, a soup of brands was because they needed time to integrate the systems. And it also explains to me why I couldn't change my package online in the early days of having AT&T TV now. When I say early days, I mean like in October. I wanted to get the NHL network and the NHL network was listed on one of their packages, but I couldn't change to that package online. So I went in their chat 
and they changed it for me. No problem. It was actually a great experience, but I still wondered like, why wasn't that in the online system? Well, probably because they literally changed me to AT&T TV from AT&T TV now's backend system. And now they're finally to the point where they're like, okay, I think we've got it all merged together now. Great. We'll just make it one brand, which I imagine I said when they first launched this, you know, multiple system of why don't they just make it one service? And now they have. Well, and uh, uh, I guess that leads into the other half of the question, the other thread that we didn't explore, which is, uh, um, you know, my position when it comes to crazy word salad, putting your name on everything. I, you know, like Microsoft suffered from the fever for a little bit, everything had in Facebook currently has the fever, you know, heaven forbid, you should think of the word Oculus. When you think of VR, you got to think of Facebook's Oculus for no good reason. Um, do you think AT&T will ever get over its addiction to putting that label on, uh, especially because that knife cuts both ways? The reason this late this uh, headline is written this way is because AT&T insisted on putting their name on it to begin with. I mean, honestly, I don't have a problem with them having called it from the beginning. All our TV services are now AT&T TV. It's a little clunky to say, to be honest, but AT&T's strong brand, uh, telecommunications brand, also cable TV brand and them saying like, Hey, you want to get your TV from us? Here's the service. And there's, you know, a but we'll sell you a box or we'll just give you streaming, whatever you want. This is the modern way to do things. I don't have a problem with that so much as I had a problem with having there's TV and then TV now, and then Uverse and like, like just, just simplify to one brand. I think it would be, I think it would be weird if they changed it from AT&T TV to max TV or something now. Yeah, although you could do a soft rebrand to like uh, calling it attention or something where it's like the first three letters are ATT or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. although that's going to have less brand awareness than AT&T, which I mean, again, you know, that's why everybody is so seduced by it. Yeah, I, I, I Merrill Barr is in our chat room. Hey, Merrill. Uh, and he he points out uh, he thinks this will seep over to the Warner Media side of the business. And maybe we get a, a, a simplifying of HBO Max. What you know? Yeah, Absolutely no? not. No, 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 no. And, and my whole argument, we did a whole hour on this on, on Happy Hour. Uh, uh, Merrill's position was eventually people are going to want to simplify. So HBO Max will become HBO. But the problem is, is HBO has invested, you know, uh, three, four decades into HBO being a particular flavor and so just like uh uh doritos are an ingredient of munchies uh snack food mix they're not going to relabel munchies as doritos max you know they're they're, they're gonna have it be its own thing i mean maybe down the road years down the road when there's no need to have hbo uh on its own on cable systems, which I know we we're talking about the fact that cable systems are in decline, but there's still tens of millions of people with cable systems. So they need that differentiation right now. It's a, it's a cool, uh, cool is the wrong word. It's, it's an understandable differentiation for me. Now I've learned that when they say it's a max original, that means it's only on the service on the streaming service. When they say it's an HBO original, it's on both the streaming service and cable doesn't yeah. matter to me because I get it all through HBO Max. And that's why I say like maybe down the road when they're like we don't even need to differentiate anymore. They they consider dropping the Max. I don't know. I would I would I would posit that if they're going to drop anything, it would be the HBO. Eventually, the Apple just be called Max. Yeah, yeah I'll mm. watch it on Max. One syllable, three letters, and it means also has HBO. I don't know. I don't think they ever drop HBO. 
I think if they drop, they drop the max. But like, uh, uh, so there you try, go. Try, try uh, this out for size. Picture Chex Mix making the move. Uh, do they call Chex Mix just Chex and uh, uh, and you don't put milk in it, or do they just call it Mix? I, I think I could picture them just calling it Mix and dropping the word Chex. I think if Chex itself went away, they might call it Chex. Uh, HBO ain't going away. What? All right, what are you so talking Brian about? thinks it's going to be called Max. I think it might be called HBO, and you all in the audience get to to ride both. Yeah, and uh, somebody owes somebody else a stake. And write us, write us, cordkillers at gmail dot com. All right, let's talk about what to watch and under surveillance. Matt Damon and Chris Evans both appear to be headed back to the MCU. Uh, Damon, for sure. He's quarantining in Australia to join the production of Thor Love and Thunder. If you remember, Damon showed up uh, in a cameo role playing an actor who played Loki in a play performed for Loki in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, and then a little more on the sources say side of things. Uh, apparently, Chris Evans may return to the MCU in a role... Uh, maybe a cameo role as Cap, as retired Cap, as the Human Torch. We don't know. Uh, but uh, multiverses are at play. So any or all three of those uh, might happen. Evans himself, however, tweeted, news to me, shrug, which is not a denial. Uh, human Torch would be an awesome, weird sideways <laughs> twist. I don't know, in a multiverse, like in a wink? Yeah, I yeah. Know, maybe. You never know. Could be. Uh, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, again, uh, all, you know, pure speculation on our part uh yeah uh, pure speculation on lots of folks part I, I actually think a cool thing would be to have uh this is going to be a minor spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen avengers endgame uh but cap has a moment where he goes and looks at let's his own just butt. say he jumps around in time to do something he looks at his own uh, butt <laughs> no uh, and agrees spoiler. it's a great butt uh he but he you know how he goes around to clean some stuff up in time yeah because his butt was what? everywhere well okay yeah i think you're you're impeding the understanding of my premise here go on because now everybody's just gonna think about his butt they're not gonna pay attention i mean to the moment i said it nobody's thinking about anything but the butt uh i i think he could show up in movies uh, in the role of i'm the cap who's cleaning things up Excuse me while I take this away. Oh, that's interesting. So, so it doesn't even have to be timeline. I mean, I mean, they did sort of twist the rules a little bit. So any version of him could appear. I would love like 90 pound weakling spoiler alert. He used to be a 90 pound weakling, uh, version of him to show up. Uh, well, yeah, that could happen too. I'm, I'm really pulling for human torch though. Uh, the word zone points out some conflicting information out there about new versions of Battlestar Galactica. Uh, there are two in development. We've told you about those before. There's a television series coming to Peacock and a movie coming to Universal. Uh, let's talk about the TV series. Sam Esmail, uh, Mr. Robot fame, is producing that series. Uh, its head writer and showrunner is Michael Leslie. Now, Esmail uh, has described the project as a continuation. Uh, he's sort of implied it's set in the same universe as the series created by Ronald D. Moore for sci-fi in the early part of this century. Esmail told Collider recently he got Moore's blessing. I believe he said that more than one occasion. Leslie, the actual showrunner, says that it will pay tribute to Moore's take and the original 1979 version while being set in a, quote, reimagined world. 
Meanwhile, Universal is developing a fresh take on a Battlestar movie with Simon Kinberg of X-Men fame and uh, Dylan Clark, who did the Planet of the Apes reboots. Uh, the Peacock series is in planning. Uh, they think it'll come in 2022 or 2023. Don't have any rumored timelines on the movie. So what would you love this to turn out to be? Like, could it be another ragtag group going the opposite direction, looking for, for birth instead of Earth? Uh, or would it be maybe uh, the, the remnants of civilization in a post-nuclear Holocaust world coming together? I, I don't want them to do the thing over again. Right. Yeah. I, I don't want them to be like, Larry, we're starting from scratch. Oh no, the Cylons are attacking Caprica. What do we do? Uh, let's jump in the battle star Galactica, this old thing. It'll never I, like, I don't want to see that trod over again. Uh, on the other hand, I do want to see Galactica. I do want to see Vipers. I do want to, I do want to see a new take on all that. Maybe the movie can just be retelling the story. I guess I certainly wouldn't want the series to be just that. So my thought was, well, what do we know about Sam Esmail? He loves to tell you a thing to make you think you know what the obvious answer is, and then later show you that that was not the answer, but he's got an answer you didn't expect that still fits the facts from what he told you before. Yeah, he does not mind pulling the pro wrestling move of just with a straight face, you know, beginning a story with a certain take that ends up evolving um, yeah, that's interesting. I do know that I, I don't think I've seen anything Sam Esmail has ever done that, that wasn't good. Uh, some and of it didn't the, the, land. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I, I just keep in mind, he won't be show running here. He's just helping get it started. Right. Right. He's sort well, of well, the JJ Abrams to lost Sam Esmail to this battle star. Yeah. Series. And as of now, Sam Esmail's name is, is untainted by literally anything. I can't think of anything that I've seen with his name attached to it that, that I haven't in, uh, thought was well-crafted. I hope it's start. It's a, maybe it's a multiverse thing, man. Maybe I'm just saying that cause we just talked about MCU, but, but enter, entertain this idea. What if it starts in the Battlestar era of Lauren Green. And then there's something with a side character that throws them into Battlestar era of Ronald D. Moore and then throws them into a separate Battlestar era already underway. Huh. Um, and maybe they try to warn Caprica about the attack and it fails and could could be i could i could likewise i'm trying to think of a a fundamental architecture that is totally different than what we saw battle battlestar galactica because that's about um a 9-11 happened and everyone left uh what if there were enough people left behind that maybe it's about a privateer who's jumping to all the colonies so we get to visit 12 different colonies we get to see somebody you know uh trying to make a buck in in the apocalypse but maybe you know ends up doing some good um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see that because <laughs> what if Galactica didn't become the ship that everybody got on and it survived? What if it was the only ship that stayed behind? Yeah, yeah. That or or or, or uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. At this point, and we're trying what to out. And, and what if there's some 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 tremor that causes it to split into different versions of Galactica? Right, like some time tremor or something, and that's where Sam Esmail is like. First episode, this is going to happen, and you're it's a total continuation. Second episode, whole new adventures that are reimagined because we had this 
split in reality or something. I, I, I think you're more taken than uh, than I was by the by the nod to the 1979 version. Um, huh. Because paying tribute. I have the photo novel. Would you like me to grab it? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, almost yes, but we we have to do. A maybe, show. maybe I'm attached to it more than you. I don't know. I don't know why you would say that, Brian. Um, yeah, part of me would love it to be straight up 1979. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ooh, ooh. Okay, this is definitely doesn't fit anything they've said. But yeah, what if it was like a Madman Galactica? Oh, all right. I'm I'm in. <laughs> Like a period piece galactic. <laughs> All right. Uh, Amazon released a description of its Lord of the Rings prequel series, which uh, I'm going to pull one part out of the description. I, I think covers the things most people are talking about. Uh, the greatest villain that ever flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover all the world in darkness. Beginning in a time of relative peace, the series follows an ensemble cast of characters, both familiar and new, as they confront the long-feared reemergence of evil to Middle-earth. That sounds very carefully crafted. I mean, uh, is, is there any other contender? I mean, it, let's I mean, it's say... I it, Well, hold on. Um, Sam Esmail hat on right now okay. um, right. that All certainly right. would be the most obvious thing and it would be what I want everybody to think I'm talking about but maybe there's a more sinister villain that is in the background of something I don't know well there's Morgoth uh, from the earlier times but that's Silmar Silmarillion stuff and they only have the rights to the appendix huh so I think they're going to go with I, I've seen a few people guess this and it sounds uh, good to me. They go with the forging of the great rings. Uh, okay. And that, oh, and so the get, evil we, is the rings that itself, the ring itself. Yes, oh, that's interesting. Exactly. Okay. Oh, you know what that does? The moment you said it, it's like, it's like a, a riddle. You don't need the answer pages because the moment you hear it, it just sounds right. Yep. Yeah. And so, and so Gandalf's around because Gandalf's, lived forever right uh, sauron is around uh and tom we bombadil see him is probably you know, still singing yeah. somewhere i'm sure we finally get tom bombadil right like that's definitely going to happen nope, so not no uh that you're 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 saving it for the spinoff series i see <laughs> i'm saying i'm saving it for a very brady tolkien sequel <laughs> All right, let's uh, wrap up a few other notes here. Uh, Apple released a trailer for season two of For All Mankind, headed into the 1980s. There's a, a Reagan uh, picture in that trailer, returning to Apple TV Plus February 19th. Uh, Lisa Kudrow told the Lowe's Literally podcast that the Friends reunion for HBO Max is in production and scheduled to shoot in early spring. Kudrow says she pre-shot something for it already. Uh, a few things are ending as well. Peaky Blinders will end after its sixth and final season, uh, but they say the story will continue in another form, so maybe some movies. High Maintenance will not return for season five, so season four, which aired last year, uh, will be High Maintenance's last season on HBO. And Issa Rae's brilliant Insecure will end after season five, uh, which is expected to air on HBO later this year. So I, I watched most of the first season of High Maintenance, and I really dug the whole anthology setup of, of an illicit dealer visiting so many different strata of, of humanity. Is there a chance for my crazy conspiracy theory that part of the reason, not the whole reason, but part of it is because of the increasing repeal of prohibition on marijuana? 
because because if you're going to do a Breaking Bad story, you would push him into harder drugs, and maybe there's an opportunity with psychedelics in the in the West Coast or something. But but outside of that unique pot culture at all levels, I don't know what else. Like yeah, it starts to feel more like a show about Drizzly, the alcohol <laughs> yeah, delivery right? app, <laughs> something right? that's perfectly legal and has no stigma yeah. to it, and you're not really peeking into any kind of secret secret world. You're just seeing your neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think you're on to something there. Uh, a few other things in development. Hasbro has asked John Wick writer, Derek Kolstad to develop a Dungeons and Dragons TV series. Apparently they're asking for more pitches too. So it's not like he's the guy, but that's interesting. Stargate TV producer, Joseph Malazzi has optioned Brian McClellan's powder mage series for TV and Apple will produce a movie called Kitbag from Ridley Scott, which is a biopic about Napoleon Bonaparte starring Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon Bonaparte. Uh, man, Joaquin Phoenix is one of those Sam S males where it's like, I can't think of anything I've hated that, he, that he's been in. I mean, except well, I, yeah. never, I never watched the, the rap one. And the, uh, the, the Napoleon picture apparently will be from the perspective of Josephine, Napoleon's wife, All right. kind well, of telling as, the story of what her husband is doing and going through. Yeah. And Josephine shows up on Scam Nation because of the pandemic lockdown, learns magic from her dad, Brian Brushwood. It's yeah. Napoleon, story. I think quite, quite uh, often referred to her as Josie, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what we have had our eyes on, Brian. What have you been watching? Uh, you know what? I just wanted to give a nod to, I'm thankful for Disney plus not for things I watched, but for things that I didn't feel like I had to watch. We just last night started to watch uh, guardians of the galaxy uh, because it was like a birthday. It's like, whatever you want, what do you want to watch? And like uh, Penny, uh, I think she was 12 when the movie first came out, but she's now 17 or just about. And so she brought it up and like 17 year old, like, I don't know, I guess we could watch is code for, I would really like to watch this with you, dad. So it's like we started watching it, but it was just, it was too violent, too much, you know, especially parental loss in the first five minutes uh, for, for my youngest. And it was totally rad, that sense of entitlement that I had because of the entire Disney archives being available at my fingertips. I felt like because I owned all these movies or might as well own them since I have access to them at all times, yeah, yeah. I was really thankful that we just watched the first third of that movie. And that was it. Yeah. And you didn't feel like you'd lost anything because that's, you know, you're no, paying either yeah, way. We, right? we wrapped up the evening and I said to Penny, I was like, yeah, hey, we'll watch the rest. You know, we, you know, it's like it might be fun to kind of trace, you know, the whole Guardians, you know, thing all over again, which is uh, that kind of shrug low stakes experience. We were talking about how Netflix, you know, brought it to us with the binging. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was really thankful for it in that moment. Yeah. That's really cool. Whereas like if um, we had rented it, I would feel an obligation. We're like, you're going to finish this. You're going to Well, you, Yeah, because you you're like, dude. we got a 48-hour limit. Come on. So we paid for it. We're watching it. Right. Um, I found myself watching a lot more stuff on HBO Max uh, recently than I would have expected. Uh, and not because of Wonder Woman 1984, but just because I keep wanting to be like, oh, I want to binge Veep. And oh, right. Veep's on HBO Max. Or uh, I'm trying to think of something that wasn't HBO related that I found on there. And there there have been a few. But uh, I've, I've been digging into that a little more than usual. Uh, but the thing I, I really want to call out, because it's only got a couple of episodes left in this season, is The Expanse on Amazon Prime Video. Still killing it? Because, oh, it's uh, it's my favorite book. I think I've mentioned that before, and they're they're so good at telling this story because they they get Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham, uh, the two writers who make up James S. A. Corey, uh, to 
to work on the show. Uh, so it really makes the right, in my opinion, makes the right compromises to telling a story on television versus in a book and still capturing all of that flavor of the story in the book. Uh, and this past episode, I absolutely knew what was coming. There's a shocking development uh, at the end, and I was still shocked. I, I was still like mouth open when it happened. I was like, I, I absolutely knew this was coming, and I'm still like, no, oh my gosh. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm a big fan of The Expanse. If you want a sci-fi adventure that you can you can soak in, uh, that will get physics 95% right. And the 5% they, they compromise on, uh, you will forgive. Cause you're like, yeah, of course. So, you know, we need a made up technology that doesn't exist yet, uh, to help us get from place to place a little better, uh, compelling crew that doesn't always just do the crew thing. Uh, they, they've all got their own personalities. And in fact, this season, they're all going in entirely different directions. Highly recommend the expanse. Right on Bryce. What about you, sir? Hey, uh, we got a mystery pick from Todd who writes, Hi folks, if you're a fan of Sherlock Holmes adaptations, I have a show for you. It's on HBO Max and the show is called Miss Sherlock. This is a native Japanese program with English subtitles. It's an interesting modern day adaptation of Sherlock Holmes and the uh, main characters are all female. The Sherlock character is a big departure from the traditional Japanese woman. She's uh, surprisingly strong and an, an aggressive character. Uh, the season follows a slightly similar type of overall arc like the British Sherlock series with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. One season is available on HBO Max. Regards, Todd Asher, a boss for a few years now. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, we uh, we actually did feature this uh, on this segment in in 2019, I think, but that that was a while ago. Uh, there's one season of Miss Sherlock streaming now on HBO, HBO Max, and on Hulu Japan, which is different than hulu everywhere else in the world um they probably won't make any more seasons because uh, uh it's been a while since this aired back in 2018 and uh the, the lead actress yuko uh, takeuchi uh, uh tragically passed away recently so mm. um uh, but uh it looks like a, a really uh, a really interesting take on the sherlock character i uh, I think I meant to check it out last time we picked it on the show, but now that's on HBO Max and that's a little more accessible, uh, I think I'm going to check that out. Cool. Uh, if you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. What else can folks do, Brian? Hey, man, look, you can upgrade that computer. I know everything's all still frame and it sounds like I'm I out with it because you're, it's a problem. It, it, I go to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. <laughs> doghousesystems.com does top end, uh, 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 top of the line computers, unmatched customer service, and they, uh, they they loaned us all this equipment to do the show. So head on over, help us work off our debt at doghousesystems.com slash rogue, R O G U E. Oh no, Tom's. You have to get <laughs> no, a doghouse Tom. system. <laughs> Frontlines. Apple TV Plus's free trial was supposed to end in October, but Apple extended it to the end of January, and now they extended it again. Uh, basically, if you bought a new Apple device in, since 2019, you've never had to pay for Apple TV Plus. Uh, if you're paying for the Apple One bundle, they're even giving you $4.99 a month credit uh, back against that to make up for the fact that you've got a bundle and it's included in that i have a half-baked conspiracy theory on this one and and it's almost certainly drawing a line just between two random points but man have i seen just out of the blue a bunch of uh op-eds and thoughtful think pieces about how ted lasso is great and even though you're late to it you should watch it 
How much of that do you think is like, okay, we genuinely have a runner here. We've already approved two more seasons. Like, just just get him in the door. Get him in the door. Everyone loves Ted. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Because when Apple TV Plus launched, uh, the positive was, oh, a handful of very good shows. The negative was, none of those shows is a hit. And there's only a handful. Once you've watched them, there's nothing else to watch. So the free trial softened that blow. Now, I think they're saying... Okay, it took us a little long to get here, maybe because of the pandemic, maybe not. Also, our audience really is looking for things to watch, so let's not take away a reason to pick us in this competitive platform. And we've got Ted Lasso, which is a hit, and a bunch more stuff coming out. So yeah, I, I, I think that totally makes sense. Meanwhile, a staple of the 1990s is leaving us. CNN oh. Airport Network will cease broadcasting March 31st after 30 years. The reduction of flights during the pandemic, combined with the reduction of attention from people on phones, contributed to the decision. Um, I would love to see, there's got to be some kind of YouTube think piece breaking down like the structure of a CNN airport story of versus a uh, traditional CNN and the types of things that you couldn't, couldn't say because CNN airport was essentially the Twitter of news because you had to expect that it was something you could only see in passing almost, uh, uh, entirely without, uh, audio to it. And, uh, uh, without, with, 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 I mean, essentially with the closest thing to the internet before the internet. Yeah. And, and it wasn't prepackaged. Uh, I think a lot of people just thought it was regular CNN, but it was a, a sh live broadcast for airport network, which they would occasionally tap into the main CNN broadcast when there was breaking news. Uh, but, but it was tailored when it wasn't breaking news for stories of interest to you. They had a lot more weather in there, for instance, uh, than you would normally have. And I, I, I remember in the airports in the nineties, occasionally people crowding around because something was happening and you were, you were watching airport news. I remember in the two thousands, uh, you know, people just still sitting there, even myself sometimes like, I ain't got nothing else to do. I'll just watch airport news, see what's on. But within the last decade, it became, can you turn that down? <laughs> like yeah. I, I'm trying to concentrate on my laptop and or phone. No, I definitely uh, have so strong memories of, uh, there was one time a flight got delayed and I had to do one of those miserable overnights in, at BWI, uh, where, you know, you're just going to walk around like a ghost and it happened to be during the, the Boston marathon bombing. And so, mm. you know, nothing, but, uh, I've seen an airport edition. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's check in on the Nielsen streaming charts. The Mandalorian uh, topped the charts for the week of December 14th, uh, which is our latest uh, data from Nielsen, becoming the first non-Netflix show to do so in the brief run of the charts over the last year. Uh, keep in mind, uh, right now, Nielsen only tracks Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, Hulu, and Disney+. Plus. I'm curious when they're going to add Peacock and HBO Max to that. Uh, overall, for 2020, Nielsen put in their, their full year uh, numbers and said The Office when it was on Netflix in 2020, was the most streamed show with 952 million hours. Grey's Anatomy had 657 million hours. Criminal Minds, 590 million hours. Ozark, uh, top the top original streaming, 508 million hours. Uh, and of course, uh, 
one of the reasons those older shows might have more hours, they have more episodes because they had, you know, the 26 episode seasons back, you know, for seven years or stuff. Uh, But interesting to to see that it's library content up there at the top. Yeah, I I suppose that tracks um, the idea of it being archived library older entertainment, because uh, obviously I I just remember being so stunned when we looked at the top franchises and Mandalorian top that Ozark, I think it was number five or number six on the list. So it makes sense that those would be there as new originals on streaming but uh but everything else for the for the back catalog i mean if you're doing a lap do the complete lap yeah i i I think it's interesting too that uh schitt's creek is the number five acquired series and it just finished up i think some people do wait for a series to be entirely done Uh, right here man more Uh, often that's the reason i'm i'm resistant to jump into the expanse i don't want to get caught up just to sit around for a bit Fubo TV is acquiring sports betting app Victory, which Fubo plans to use Vig. as a what? What's that? Vig, like in betting, Victory. Oh, Victory! Thank you, autocorrect. Uh, which Fubo plans to use as a full-fledged sports book. The idea is to eventually let viewers make wagers while they watch games, though it'll likely take years. In the meantime, the free-to-play app will funnel people into premium subscriptions. Fubo ended the year with about five hundred and forty-five thousand subscribers. Uh, we, we just talked about the rollback of prohibition for marijuana, like with gambling. I remember gambling and, and drugs being the two big bad things that government saved us from. And now we have entire networks that are leveraging their, their shareholder <laughs> well, and, brand. And, and, and the, you know, the, the stench of the, of the black Sox scandal of 1919, you know, finally wearing off kept sports from being like, we don't even want a whiff of any connection. Uh, and, and so, yeah, the idea that Fubo could be like, oh yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to take the sports book experience from Las Vegas hotels and allow you to have it at home, uh, is, is very different. You know, what's wild is I, I took a moment to think, okay, if you believe that gambling is immoral and gambling is defined as, um, uh, 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 leveraging your money on a game of chance, like does entering a chess tournament count as gambling no it doesn't because you pay your money and if you win the tournament you get the giant prize uh does entering any you know any number of sports but then you get to to stuff like well is poker a game of chance because yes any one card of course is a game of chance but over the long term same with hearthstone same with any of this other stuff and then i posited to myself is it possible that gambling on sports is not a game of chance but a game of skill and full-on it's no different than entering a poker tournament or a chess tournament. Yeah. I mean, the only difference being that when you go into a poker tournament, you know, you're trying to win money. Uh, you know, uh, when you, when, I guess you're trying to win money from the league. Cause you, well, no, no, no. You're, 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 you know, you're winning money from other suckers who are less skilled than you at predicting which sports right, team will right. win. There's also but the it, difference between a game of skill and a game of chance. Chess is a game of skill because those are, and, there's and not I, a random I, element. I, no, 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 I am saying, I am saying that I am oh. positing that sports betting is a game of skill and not chance. I'm saying because that you, it is you a have skill to, know things to about, recognize yeah. just right, like right. it is a game of skill to win at Hearthstone. Yes, I don't know what the next card will be, but I do mm-hmm. believe that it that that the most skilled players are the ones that win the tournaments. Sure. Hmm. So does that mean we can start take taking bets from patrons? I mean, certainly you should bet on this show by going to <laughs> patreon.com slash It's a safe bet. <laughs> All right, let's get to the dispatches from the front. Ooh, stocks too. 
Tim Jar, longtime fan of the show, wrote in to say, uh, I also exist in the probably very narrow Venn diagram of people who are fans of your show and don't care about Marvel or Star Wars. Sure, I wish spoiler and time choices occasionally reflected things outside the Marvel Star Wars fantasy universe, but I still love the show. Yeah, I put this one in because it really struck me. Number one, it's deeply flattering that you would join us on the trip, but also it occurred to me how many people follow us into weird side jags as we go through the entire back catalog of The Wire and Larry Sanders and watch The Shield. And, you know, I mean, it's like uh, uh, we go some weird places. And I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to everybody who joins us. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Thank you, Tim. Uh, appreciate appreciate you loving the show. Uh, ben wrote in and said, hey, Cord Killers, just had an idea for a feature I wish streaming services had, a show me something different button. After seeing mostly the same old suggestions over and over, which I have previously doom scrolled through multiple times, a button that would essentially shuffle who they think I am and give me a completely different set of suggestions temporarily would be a breath of fresh air and potentially burst my viewer filtering uh, my viewing filter bubble. Seems like something it would be relatively easy for a streaming service to implement. Maybe if you mention it on the show, someone with the power to make it so will run with it. Anyway, thanks for the show, which I always enjoy your fractional boss Ben. I am almost certain I have suggested this exact thing on this show. Like uh, the moment I catch a whiff of being bubbled, whether it's on Google News, like I read one Rick and Morty article, suddenly it's like for you, the latest, you know, think piece about Rick and Morty constantly or whatever. Uh, same thing with Reddit or whatever. I love the idea of a shake things up button where all of a sudden it's just like a, a yeah, just the random, like, I'm going to pretend you are this demographic, this sexual orientation, this age, this uh, this geographic location, this previous watch history, and this is what your world looks like. Yeah, that is something that I, I, I expect in reality doesn't work very well, right? A few people will love it, and they might love it a few times, but probably doesn't end up getting used because... It's fun, it's novel for a minute, but after a while, what people want is, I want a suggestion of something I will want to watch. And after a few times of it really failing and showing you something like, well, I definitely don't want to watch that, you, you aren't going to want to have a truly random situation. So, so the sweet spot is, show me something I wouldn't have thought I wanted to watch, uh, which I think takes the same set of data and just says, exclude everything that's been recommended already now rerun the algorithm and and show me show them something unexpected because oh, otherwise i think you just end up showing showing people things that they definitely don't want to watch and that's no fun either yeah um or, or even just a re-roll button or something like like yeah. just stop like i understand that statistically speaking some percentage of time i'm going to want to revisit some amount of nostalgia or whatever but like sometimes i don't like being reminded that that is the case and so can we just pretend like everything's new for just 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 a few minutes here yeah 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 or or and honestly that's really what the what's trending recommendations are for they're to tell you like hey if you if you want to see good stuff here's what everybody else thinks is good stuff because everybody else is watching this uh separating you from your bubble but i think that the resistance to that is like well i don't want to be like everybody else i want to i want to be so you know see something unique and so i like the idea of trying to come up with a way to show you something that's fresh and unexpected but without just disappointing you because you got to remember there's thousands and thousands of titles in there and there are lots of things in there that you never see that you 
definitely aren't interested in. And I think Netflix does a pretty good job. Speaking of gambling, I would be all in on a trust me button where it's like once you press it, it's going to start serving you something, but it will refuse to let you click away or stop it for a for, certain for, amount for of 10 time. minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you have stakes, you have an investment in it as if you bought a ticket to a movie and then, you know, you it's have the, to I'm feeling it. lucky from Google for Netflix. With yeah. Stakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, which, which as I think, and we've talked about, you know, how, how desperately I want uh, spirit guides, uh, Sherpas to take us through the experience, uh, sort of a VJ type thing. Uh, somebody who quote unquote gets me, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, that's a perfect thing for Pluto TV uh, Zumo, those kinds of, of of folks to, to lean into a little more because it's essentially what they're doing. Yeah. Nikki M from Omaha says, Hey guys, I want to make a suggestion for the new year. I love the what to watch and on the lookout segments. Oh, I'm glad you do, but don't have a way to find a list of the shows mentioned when I'm looking for something to watch. I wanted to suggest a dedicated page on the cordkillers.com site to list those shows. Maybe just the trailers from YouTube with a short blurb from the person making the suggestion, maybe the ability to allow us to say if we watched it as well, a recommend to a friend button or a planning to watch button. I also really like when Brian asked Tom for a, if I liked a, then I would like the witch subversion. That seems like a great way to pick shows, maybe a hashtag genre option for searching and a Patreon level to review the show as well. I know big sky dreams, but I definitely settle for a simple monthly list of shows. A great, great example of expectation setting with Nikki. Like I have a simple request. Also, I have these 15 others ridiculous requests that are a lot of work. Doesn't my simple request now seem totally doable to you? Just the list. So all things are possible when you have an army of 25 Bryces, which you can make possible at patreon.com slash cord killers. Uh, Bryce, uh, I, I didn't wait. know how much of this was was close to services or parts we already had. Or? Uh, ba- basically none. I okay. mean, we have the docs for all the episodes, but it would be... It would be it at would least be a time. Well, if you go to the show, the show page, you will get what was recommended in that episode. We just don't have a list. Right. right. Uh, uh, our, our show notes do get uh, transcribed into, uh, into some uh, usable text, but to, to make a, you know, a simple repository of all that stuff would, would, would be no small task, but uh, you know, the idea of like, Hey, maybe once a month we make a Patreon post of everything that could be something we can do. Oh, that'd be good. Like a monthly roundup or things we like yeah, in general stuff. We've, we've been watching at least, as a, as a stopgap, because I think uh, uh, the other stuff is I think Nikki recognized the bigness of some of the stuff she was recommending. They uh, were recommending. We've talked a lot about you know kind of AI recommendations and stuff. I have to believe that in a world where AIs are already transcribing everything, that there very quickly will be AIs that go through our whole back catalog and and will magically bring you like a genie exactly what you want. Yeah. If you work at an artificial intelligence company, Please email do. us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Also, <laughs> hit us at patreon.com slash cordkillers. <laughs> Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We are live, twitch.tv slash night attack. Also on diamondclub.tv, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. See you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children no not my wife i know what you're saying i love our five dollar patrons these are the people that keep us live live and independent thank you so much five dollar patrons 
You know what? I love them more than not life itself, because then I'd be dead and I couldn't appreciate them, but really, really, really close. And I'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen. Thank you so much to all of our $5 a month patrons. You guys are wizards. You're champions. You're heroes. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)